0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Montrose Group Development Debate Podcast, number nine, lucky number nine. I can't remember who the Reds player was, but the no, number nine. Sad
1: that you don't remember, Dave. The Big Red machine. You usually
0: have some. I'm getting older. Player. I'm getting older. Well, well, we're uh, we're going to talk today about uh, corporate site location strategies, really tied to uh, a little bit about the rural development. We're going to have a lot of discussions about rural corporate site location. The rural areas in the U.S. covers 97% of the nation's land, but they only contain about 19% of the population. Um, they're more likely to own a single-family home. They're older. They're less likely to have a bachelor degree uh, or to be in poverty than their, than their urban counterparts. So we're going to have uh, several weeks of discussions about uh, rural corporate site location. Today, as we mentioned, it's going to be a little bit more general. Nate, you want to, you want to give kind of the little, the little economic update?
1: Sure. Sure. So, you know, the last time we talked, uh, we talked really about the third quarter numbers and um, you know, we had a great third quarter and I think, um, you know, we found out that that was, that was positive. Um, And, and, you know, uh, generally uh, things are still, still uh, decent. Um, But we've seen, you know, a little bit of an uptick in uh, initial jobless claims, Uh, they're up from uh, they're up 742,000 last week, which is up 711,000 from the week earlier so those are, uh, um, you know, a little bit uh, uh, more than uh, the week before that. we, but we saw a, a little bit of a drop in unemployment claims from uh, 6.8 million down to 6.4 million. That's a good thing potentially. That either means that people uh, are just have found jobs, which hopefully they have, uh, or <clears throat> they have just decided to drop out and they're not, uh, you know, they're not uh, looking for jobs
0: anymore. Well, I I think the I think the lower unemployment numbers are, are good news. I, I yeah, think no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think in this market. Um, you know, it, it's clearly an illustration that the economy is, is uh, I, I'm not sure I'd say bouncing back, but maybe crawling back.
1: Crawling um, back is probably the best way to put it.
0: You know, so it is, it is, um, you know, literally moving in the right direction. Um, you know, sales of existing homes are are uh, strong, according to the National Association of Realtors. Well, and I think Dave, you
1: know, you, you know, you also uh, the U.S. corp, the U.S. Uh, gross domestic product. We knew it was going to be down. We knew it was going to be a down year. Uh, But we had a, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, it's going to be down only 2.7% year to year um, when they had originally predicted to be 3.6%. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with the third quarter and and the success we've had. But I think it also has to do with the uh, sales of existing home, which which you were just talking about. Um, The uh, housing starts are up 4.9% which is uh, from September. So that's, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, I think the one concerning thing, Dave, I'll say is that we don't know what is going to happen at the end of the year. We, we saw uh, treasury secretary uh, Mnuchin said he was going to stop uh, you know, those uh, the, the uh, COVID programs um, the cares act programs at the end of the year. Um, and there's still money left that could create a cliff.
0: Although I got to tell you, and um, I saw he did that. First of all, he kept uh, some of the programs, but the ones he the ones he said he's not going to keep, quite frankly, are really not being used. The I would have to say um, the most unsuccessful part of the federal stimulus program um, isn't necessarily the 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 monetary policy that the that the Fed took, but uh, a, a number of their uh, large company programs and other efforts like that just have not been attractive. Yeah, that's a good point. To, to, true. to industry out there, and I don't know if it's the terms. Uh, I don't know if uh, these companies, because the economy is so good, are flushed with cash. Well, so they don't they don't really want to incur more yeah. debt, but they just have not really uh, jumped on a, a number of these Federal Reserve programs. And well, well, to me, that's not a bad thing. That that's no. just that's just kind of the reality of the market.
1: Well, and I think the other thing is that. Money's so cheap right now, you know. They probably don't. They don't necessarily need the Federal Reserve program. Uh, they can get money from their bank at very low rates. They can go out to the bond market, uh, get very low rates if they're, you know, if they're able to get rated. Um, I, th- I think that's that is probably more telling for those businesses than uh, him not being able to use it. So, Absolutely. but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next,
0: uh, you know, thirty to forty-five days. Good economy, bad economy. Um, there's really generally, uh, certainly, uh, plenty of corporate site location projects going on the, the process that we use the process that, uh, you know, really any decent corporate site location consultant, uh, you know, are going to use is, is really trying to kind of, uh, look at, uh, where that company is going to locate. And, uh, you know, the, the big, the big thesis I have on this is it's, it's it's about a lot more than tax incentives. Yep. Tax incentives always make the, the newspaper, they make the headlines, but uh, the process involves a heck of a lot more than, than um, incentives. Yep. Uh, when should a company be thinking that they should uh, undertake a corporate site location process? Uh, end of a lease, their growth needs are beyond their, their facility's ability to handle it. Uh, decay of existing facility, consolidation of facilities, we've seen that a lot. Uh, growth opportunity tied to a customer again. For a lot of companies, it's a prime way that they prime way that they grow. They get a, a new market opportunity from an existing company, a merger of companies, uh, or companies. You know, really trying to capitalize on a on an economic development trend. The
1: first thing you've got to do is really define the project. Come up with the project narrative. Um, you know that includes. Uh, uh, information about the industry, information about the jobs, payroll and capital investment that you're gonna make, um, you know, the, the, the particular needs of the project, uh, why, uh, you know, Dave, you talk about the triggers and the triggers are gonna go into the project definition. Um, and, you know, you, you, you use that because that's the start of uh, all conversations. Um, with local and state entities uh, about the project, we need to know all those different things, whether it's jobs, payroll, capital investment, all that stuff. Um, you know, as we as we uh, as we start the corporate site location process, you know, when we do any project, Dave, we uh, typically in a corporate site location process, we have them fill out a uh, a project form, right? And it includes all those things, and that's because when we Uh, go talk to any entities, whether it's uh, uh, related to real estate, or whether it's uh, uh, related to incentives, we need to know all those things. So, you know, that's really the first project. I think one of the most important parts of the project is really the second phase. And it's uh, research, the the research, the market research that goes into the project. And Dave, you know, you talked about corporate site location being more than tax incentives. And I really think that when you get into the market research, that really is probably the most important part of, uh, of the Corporate site location Project. You need to figure out what markets you want to go into, what, what uh, parts of the country, what parts of the world you want to go into. Uh, we do uh, an economic analysis of the growth of that market. Uh, we do an industry cluster analysis because we want to figure out if there's companies that are already located like companies that are already located there, that that helps us, Uh, it helps us from a labor shed analysis. We also wanna do a labor shed analysis to figure out if, because there's so much industry there, if that market's already saturated, um, we need to do transportation and infrastructure uh, analysis to figure out if we can get the goods and services that we need to that location. Um, We gotta do a supply chain analysis to figure out if uh, our our vendors, are close to us if it's going to be too far away. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we, as a, and we don't do this, but we, we uh, the real estate brokers would do it, but then you got to figure out potential real estate options, whether it's, if we're building a new building, do we have sites that have everything in place uh, that we need? Um, and, uh, you know, do, or do we have a building? Do we have buildings that are there that we can easily move into, uh, into right away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and as Nate mentioned, we, we kind of take a team approach, so we'll, we'll likely have an engineering uh, consulting firm engaged to do an infrastructure analysis to figure out if you know, what it's going to take to develop a site. Um, we'll have a real estate broker to kind of negotiate the different um, real estate options that, that, that exist for the client, but I, I completely agree with Nate that, that the most important part is the second step that's really all about the data and uh, you know in, in any good negotiation is obviously part art and part science right so the science part is really this data it's it, you know are, is it a growing market what is there, are there like industries around so that the so that the the company is going to fit in from a workforce and policy standpoint uh, is there a skilled workforce available you know still the most important question That's going to be asked uh, among the the large list. What's the infrastructure of the site? Is there a good supply chain? It is. It's all that. uh, It's all that that key resource. And then we also going to look at what I'll call the old cost of doing business issues. Right, the old chamber of commerce issues. Um, You know, everyone focuses on incentives, but but tell you what matters even more is how local and state governments tax Mm -hmm. a a business or an industry. Incentives in a lot of cases.
1: Well, and Dave, it's it's taxes, it's it's tap fees, it's um, yep. it's building permit fees, it's building. Yep. Per, you know, the other thing is the opportunity cost. How long does it take you to get a zoning to get zoning done? How long does it take to get a zoning permit and a building permit? Those are all those all go into the cost of doing business analysis that are exactly to your point are more important than. Uh, economic development incentives. There's all there's all that?
0: sorts of state tax incentives. We've got uh, eight states with brownfield programs, fourteen with closing fund grants. I would tell you that's probably the biggest uh, trend that is yep. uh, that's out there and and growing. It used to be that Texas was seemed to be the only state with a big closing fund, but that everyone's trying to catch up with the Lone Star State uh, specific uh, incentives for corporate headquarters. Although every incentive known to man is going to pay for a corporate headquarter. Uh, you know, data centers, um, there's about 30 states actually that have uh, data center um, specific tax incentives, mm-hmm. a handful have green company incentives. Every state but one has an infrastructure, uh, local or state uh, uh, infrastructure incentive program. It is, it is the number one uh, tool that is used. Uh, eight states have manufacturing-specific programs. Port authorities have a whole range of programs. Uh, eight states have specific uh, project financing or loan programs. High tech is big. Uh, Seventeen states have a research and development tax credit. A lot of times, it's done in tandem with the federal R and D tax credit program. Uh, a, a small number of states, three states, have a rural, you know give incentives for rural programs. Tax abatements uh, exist in about half the states, uh, 24, and state tax credits, which are generally the number one tool for state governments or state private economic development groups, uh, exist in 42 of the states. So the tax credits are kind of the the go-to tool. Then you've got tax abatements. Uh, And again, if given the choice between a tax credit and a tax abatement, I vote for tax abatement from the company because that automatically decreases the amount of taxes that a business owes. Um, it, it almost always is tied to property tax. Um, you know, there, There's probably more property tax that's charged out there than, than almost anything else. Uh, a lot of places have income tax, a lot of places have sales, but the majority of the places fund their schools with property tax. So again, the abatement is gonna be a, a really critical tool this is a really important point, though. If you're renting the a site, um, you need to see if if the developer has actually got the abatement and make sure that you're getting a rental rate that uh, that reflects that. Yep. If you're building the site, then you're then you're going to be an essence owner that that gets the abatement. Um, all sorts of programs. A lot of states have uh, what they'll call an enterprise zone program that's going to be around a specific geographic area. A lot of states will mandate that there's some sort of poverty uh, distress community measure, uh, although we do all sorts of work in states that don't have that measure uh, either. So those property tax uh, uh, abatements are are really carried out at the local government level, generally authorized by uh, state law. You know, and, so they're, again, and they're generally
1: it, uh, some of the biggest incentives as well, because of just how big the property tax is. So that, absolutely, I think, you know, Dave, you talked about it being, uh, uh, you'd rather have that in the tax credit. And it's true because it reduces operating expenses. Well, Whether in a lot of places, they can lease, be as long,
0: they can be 15 years. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Or more, I mean, more or less. I mean, you know, where there's a lot of 10 years, there's a lot of 15, some, there are some places that do 20 years. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great benefit.
0: Uh, certainly loans and financing, um, you know, that kind of goes uh, up and down in in popularity. When credit is tight, it becomes popular. When credit's easy, it is, uh, it's not, uh, not as popular. Um, port authorities, again, Nate spent a couple years of his life working at a port we're authority. 31. So we're, we're well-versed in uh, all the different tools that port authorities can use. Port authorities are really public banks. Um that is, that's really the, um, that's really the easiest way to, uh, you know, to, to kind of think about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, corporate headquarters, again, manufacturing, every incentive program is going to apply to those two.
1: Corporate those headquarters, two and and I would say, Dave, uh, corporate headquarters mm-hmm. and research and development projects, those are two. Now, places where uh, two types of projects that get the most, that can use almost every uh, incentive there is. Right. Uh, just because they, those two, those have typically big, big uh, job numbers attached to them. They have high quality payroll, high
0: quality jobs, and, and they have a lot of capital investment. Right. You know, then you have states like New Mexico, Utah, and Washington that have specific incentive programs uh, for rural areas. New Mexico is a tax credit, uh, Utah is a grant, mm-hmm. uh, Washington's a tax credit, um, you know, so again, those are states that are trying to incentivize um, uh, different areas. Now, I would tell you that a lot of enterprise zone programs, especially if they're going to be tied to distressed communities, are going to be uh, able to be used in rural markets. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the state tax credit programs, they're not tied to a location, they're tied to an industry. So, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for, uh, you know, for rural markets to uh, to capitalize on this. But uh, I, I think that larger issue for rural markets, and, and it's really important that you think of it this way, the, the big difference between a lot of rural corporate site location projects in uh, urban is I, I really see rural, rural corporate site location projects as a true public-private partnership. And to me, it's built. Uh, it's built all around workforce. Rural markets are cheaper to build in. Their taxes are lower. Um, they've got a. They've got a generally a pretty good workforce. Uh, the problem is they've just been losing people. Again, we're going to talk a lot about that in later shows. But um, y- you know, these rural markets can be highly, highly attractive, mm-hmm. especially when you're looking at the at the manufacturing industry. Because really, over the last several decades, we have not been developing industrial projects in urban centers like we did 100 years ago. We've been developing manufacturing centers in rural markets. But rural areas, as much as urban, have a substantial skilled labor challenge. Yep. And it's tougher in rural because there's not as many people. So your workforce pool is really smaller. So... Um, uh, if companies really want to go to a rural market, they need to really take a close look or they need to help develop, mm-hmm. uh, you know, specific industry-based workforce programs. Well, uh,
1: and they also, one of the other things that they they need to uh, consider when going to a rural market is getting the engineers, the plant managers, those kind of people uh, uh, to come to those rural areas to work. It, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Um that we have seen in some places where it's a challenge for those manufacturers that are already there to get those, to get those kind of skilled workers. So that is something to weigh out. You can get the production employees, but can you attract the engineering employees uh, and some of the other um, management employees that you need?
0: And then really that, that final piece is what we normally say is the easy part. It's that manufacturing company. It's an energy intensive manufacturing Mm -hmm. company. It's a, uh, it's a supply chain expansion project. It's, you know, indoor agriculture. It's food processing. It's it's those uh, large scale industrial projects that are perfect for that for that rural market. Yeah. That rural market's probably not going to be a great location for uh, a big advanced services, right. you know, white collar, um, R and operation, job center. Yep. They don't That's have exactly. the large pool of of college college four year college degree workers. Um, yep. I think they can build a tech product. I think it mm-hmm. takes some work, uh, but I think there's, there's a model that you could build regional tech centers and pull the work into those regional markets. You have to have a strong workforce component with that. Um, but a lot this, of it is going to really, really come down to that manufacturing base. No, that's exactly right.
1: That's the, that's the best opportunity for a lot of those areas as a manufacturing base.
0: No doubt. Well, I got to tell you, I think we made the process podcast. Interesting. how could we not I mean, we're interesting. That's what happens. I found it. I found it interesting.
1: Well, we love this stuff. So, of course, yeah. we found it
0: interesting. I mean, it's not the most interesting of topics, but clearly. No. It was, but, uh, you know,
1: we made it. Topics. We made it, you know, at least uh, enjoyable.
0: Bearable. Well, bearable. Bearable. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, and again, loyal we, listeners. We appreciate you all participating, and we will talk to you again soon with podcast number 10. All right. Have a great day, everybody. everybody. Bye. Thank you.
1: To learn more about the Montrose Group services, please visit montrosegroupllc.com.